With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Amrix Weekly, where we talk about the Rochester Americans, the AHL affiliate of the Buffalo Sabres. I am your co-host, Chad Didimenesis, and joined, as always, here by Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amrix. Keith, man, what's going on on a nice Buffalo-slash-Rochester winning weekend? Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, it's Sunday, you know, the evening flies up fast when... Your teams are winning and playing exciting games, and the future future looks good early in November, at least for the hockey teams. Yeah, and you even got a surprise win out of the football team, too. So all is good in Buffalo and Western New York sports for now. We'll see how next weekend goes. You know, it's kind of baffling to say things are looking good when there was a you know a trade yesterday, and Taylor Fadoon got traded, and you know there's different ways you can look at that, but online is it doesn't really, there's not much really negative you could say about the trade, and you know, maybe from a Sabres perspective, you know, you guys want something out of it. But in terms of, you know, how things shake out this season, even with a trade that doesn't really have that big of a major impact and, you know, is a good sign of where things are at. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of where I was going to start this week. So we'll jump right into it there. So the Taylor Fadoon trade yesterday kind of happened. It was my first experience of sitting in a press box and have a PR person hand me a notice of a trade. And like, it's panic. Got to write up an article really quick. But, uh, so they trade Fadoon to the Dallas Stars for a conditional 2020 second round pick, which the condition is if Fadoon plays 25 regular season or playoff games with the Stars, the Sabres get a seventh round pick. Now the chances of that are happening are slim to none, I would say, honestly. So it's like basically Fadoon just gets a chance to go to Dallas, more so Texas of the AHL to get an opportunity. Uh, for the Sabres, they give themselves another contract. So they go from 49 to 48 now with the 50 limit. So that's kind of how it affects the big club. So what about the effect down on the minor league team with that move? Yeah, they they have an abundance of defensemen. Um, you know, you just look at Fadun has been playing, and, you know, maybe the reason he has been playing is, well, because of, you know, there's injuries. Jack Doherty's been out hurt. Uh, Hickey was out hurt. Um, you know, Gouley is sick. So Tennyson is hurt. So that's one of the reasons Fadun was playing. And, you know, in a way that now that everybody is getting healthy and ready to play, Fadoon is reliable. He was a great leader in the locker room. Um, everybody talked about how great he was to be around. Um, 
reliable on the ice for the most part. Um, you know, just like everybody else, he's had games here and there that haven't been stellar, but it frees up a roster, you know, an HL contract, um, you know, gives Fudun a fresh start somewhere else, maybe. Um, you know, you know, he wasn't going to be in the long term plans for the Sabres. So, and essentially, like you said, he's traded away for nothing in return. But from a minor league standpoint, you know, that says a lot that. Hey, you know what? These guys aren't playing. Everybody wants to play. And, you know, sometimes if you do right by a player that doesn't fit into the NHL role, you know, that looks good for you, you know, in terms of, you know, guys coming into the organization later on, they can say, Hey, look, you know what? We take care of people and, you know, we're not just going to bury in the minors and just sit on the ice, you know, sit on the bench or sit in the press box all season. You guys want to play and produce still has a chance to play. So helps him out in a lot. That, that part of it I think is important is giving a veteran player an opportunity. You know, they kind of did this thing with, uh, you know, Cal O'Reilly a few years ago. They, you know, they loaned him to Toronto, you know, when he wanted to go, you know, he didn't want to be in the Amherst anymore. He wanted to trade. So, I mean, it, it goes a long way, I guess, to help veterans. So, you know, when, when you have veteran players down in the minors and who you want to give more time to, you know, there's some younger guys that, you know, playing for that team that they'll take care of you and they'll give an opportunity somewhere else if so they need to. So, like I said, I think that's kind of a, point that gets missed here for some I don't know there's a lot of people but any of those people who are mad they basically move them for nothing you know that kind of part of it plays into this too you know it's like the Delorier trade last year they was you know right, he had right. no future in the you know as a saber um you know they sent him away some sabers followers just saw hey he was traded for a minor league player but good time to transition to the next part you know Zach Redman he's you know leading league in goals uh he's league leader he's leading the Amherst um you know, Delorey didn't fit the plans. They got him a fresh start. You know, Zach Redman was not in the Canadians' plans in the future. He came here and got a fresh start. And on the way to making history, as far as a, a defenseman goes, and also, you know, contributing and leading, you know, helping out Lawrence Pilot and, you know, Will Borgen and, you know, Brendan Gooley, Doherty, Hickey, you know, they're watching AHL's best defenseman right now. That trade, I think it's something we even talked about before where, you know, I've said that, that's a trade on Jason Botterill's list of trades that gets shoved way to the bottom. But really, if you look at it, I mean, say you will about Nick Delorier playing the fourth line for the Canadians. And, you know, funny enough, he scored a goal against the Sabres a couple nights ago. <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, you, you, it's not hard to make an argument that Zach Redman, he even played NHL games last year, has made a bigger impact on this organization than Nick Delorier has for the Canadians. Absolutely. Look at, he's got, Redman has five game-winning goals and uh, the Emirates played 14 games. Everybody knows winning helps everything out. You know, that's helping out Lawrence Pilot that's coming up. Um, you know, helping carry along, you know, Nylander and Bailey and Olsen and Asplund. You know, when you got a veteran like this leading wins, you know, these guys are watching, learning how to win, watching a win, and that helps out their mindset. Everybody's happy, obviously, winning. So that's, uh, you know, you have to look at the bigger picture, how, you know, trade factors into the you know, bigger picture and how he contributes to helping everyone else out. So you did mention one guy that I want to ask you about quickly, because it shouldn't be a long conversation, just so people haven't heard and maybe haven't heard an update. What's going on with Olsen? So he left the game in Buffalo early. He didn't play on Saturday or Friday. They played, if I'm correct. So do they know how long he's going to be out here? Is it precaution day to day? Could it be a couple games? What have, what has the word been down in Rochester? Yeah, just like when Michael went out yesterday, everybody started watching his previous shifts. You know, I went back and watched the second period from Wednesday and didn't notice anything that stood out as far as, you know, a hit, uh, you know, bad movement, anything. As far as when Olsen finished the game, 
Uh, Taylor says he's day to day. Uh, Sunday morning, Olson was on the ice with the trainers practicing. So, I mean, he is skating. Um, you know, he wasn't in the team practice, but he's definitely skating. His status is day to day. And essentially, between, you know, the Amherst don't play again until Friday. Okay. So, you know, he left the game early on Wednesday. That's, uh, you know, it's a good amount of time for him to take some time off if he did tweak something. Um, you know, it doesn't look like anything serious, you know, and I don't think it is considering he's, skating with the trainers so that's usually a sign hey you're just making sure everything's good to go and hey if you have time to rest before a three and three weekend can't hurt to rest up and take that maintenance time but it definitely doesn't seem like anything serious um you know you can kind of get the hint when there is and they're not really just disclosing it right but you know i don't i don't get that hint at all and from seeing him around the rink he's walking normal no braces no anything else like that so i doesn't seem to be anything of a concern so that's good news. So on the flip side, a player went out, but you got a player back on Wednesday, and that was Sean Malone, who I think was a, you know, I think that's a huge addition for the Emmerich. So he's played two games now. You know, it looks like he even slotted right in his first game between Bailey and Nylander. So how has how Malone looked in, you know, his first two games back, getting back from that knee injury he got in the preseason? You know, there's a, a – Malone came back on Wednesday, and then, you know, just to kind of tie the conversation together is, you know, another player has had his best – string of two games in a row is Justin Bailey. You know, is there a connection? Somewhat. Um, but Malone coming back adds a lot to the team, you know, as far as just stability goes. You know, and I asked, uh, you know, Kevin Porter about him, uh, you know, Chris Taylor, uh, Toby Peterson, the assistant coach. You know, the first thing everybody says is he brings stability to the team. You know, winning faceoffs, um, penalty kill, chasing pucks down. Um, you know, and one of Bailey's goals on Wednesday, it all started with Malone winning a faceoff in the defensive zone and, you know, set the play up and Bailey takes off down the ice and scores one of the goals. Yeah, I think you came up with it last year was uh, don't sleep on Malone as far as, you know, <laughs> don't forget about him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and everybody else is talking about, you know, talking about CJ Smith and when he was an all-star, was like, hey, you know, pay attention to what Malone is doing. And, you know, it all comes down to those winning those faceoffs and, killing time and setting guys up and the small plays behind the puck that are making a big difference for the Amherst and Malone contributes to that. All right. So it looked like that we had a, um, you know, I talked about Bailey having a pretty good stretch here, which hopefully you can keep that going now that he's kind of seeing the puck going the net here. But another guy I wanted to ask you about, you know, last time we talked last week, you know, you said this guy was struggling, but on paper, at least it looked like Nylander had at least a bounce back game, uh, on Friday in that overtime wins, but how has he looked over the last few games since last time we talked? Yeah, definitely, you know, just like, you know, I think we talked last time about some guys, you kind of go through a little drought, and Nylander went through his little drought, and, you know, so he bounced back and had a couple of good games. Um, I don't know if anybody got a chance to watch the, you know, post-game interviews, you know, the, the Amherst post, but Nylander was even involved in his little scrum on, on Friday night. Uh, you know, took the puck to the net, um, you know, got involved in a little scrum. He was kind of there, but it was funny hearing about right, rocking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, it was full credit to him for, um, you know, there's a goal on, you go back to Wednesday night. I think it was Wednesday. There was a goal there. Uh, you know, he held the puck against the boards, waited for his teammates to get into the zone, set up a play, and Amrick scored. Um, you know, Friday night, he was a big part. You know, he's the assist and the reason that Redmond scored the game winner in overtime. Uh, Nylander took the puck in, had the chance to shoot, didn't shoot, looked over to his side and set up Redmond and game over. 
So it's, uh, yeah, he definitely had a bounce back game and contributed in a big way. So he's, uh, can't really say much about him negative, I guess, this time around, like we did last week, which is a good sign. That's definitely, yeah. You know, we Another guy, you know, this is going to kind of come from Buffalo. I guess we're going the other way here. Uh, Tage Thompson here continues to struggle. They got him back in the lineup again. Uh, he, they didn't play that well. In fact, he tried, you know, his toe drag for the 530th time. It didn't work. Puck went the other way. Vancouver scores a goal off of it. You know, I'm curious. I'm trying to figure out a reason why he's still here. It, it just, it's not making a lot of sense to me. And so I'm curious from the perspective on a Rochester, is there maybe just not a spot for him right now on, on the roster? Like on the right wing, is there maybe that's one of the reasons why he's staying up here? Like if the Sabres sent Thompson back, like who, who comes out or is there really at this point, nobody really could come out for him. You think, I, you know, it's, it's baffling. It really is. And it's, you know, anybody that I've talked to from, you know, Buffalo media comes to Rochester. I see him at a practice or a game. Everyone's like, you know, kind of surprised that Tage Thompson hasn't been here. As far as the lineup goes, you would think that, you know, the organization has been stressing internal competition for, right, you know, right. they started last year. They're stressing it again. Does, uh, you know, Bailey come out? Does the uh, Ogilvy come out? Or Wayne Simpson? You know, these are guys that are producing here. But again, you know, it's when you stress internal competition, you would think, hey, you know, send him down and put him in a game and, or at least have him practice to show that threat. Be like, Hey, you don't perform. He's coming in. It's a bit baffling. And if, if the Emmerichs weren't winning, if the Emmerichs weren't in first place, you'd probably hear more of an uproar from Rochester. Um, as far as him not being here. Right. So, you know, the other thing is games go a long way to your development and maybe they think, Hey, if, you know, he's not really needed in Rochester, maybe, you know, maybe is learning as far as being with the, you know, practicing with the Sabres. But if he's not contributing to the game, you know, I, I think everybody can agree that everybody is, everybody's baffled as far as, you know, how the development is working. But, you know, if they think that's what's best for them, you know, I guess we got to trust them. Yeah. It, uh, it's, I'm curious to see what happens this week. You know, like, like I said, it, it didn't go great on Saturday. Uh, you know, this is over nearly a month and a half into the season now, and it's just, you know, I, I don't get what I understand. You want to tell us for a little bit, maybe the first couple of weeks of the season where he sits out and gets in, comes out, gets in, but you know, we're a month and a half into the season. He's played, you know, three games in three weeks, pretty much here. Just it's not working. And I, and I feel like, you know, with a 20 year old guy who is a big part of that O'Reilly trade, you made a big trade. You know, I, I just don't get the philosophy here that they're going to try to, they're going to try to, develop him with coaching and with you know whatever else video and watching their press box i mean if you it'd be one thing if you could see improvement you're just not seeing that improvement i think so we'll we'll keep an eye on that here over the next few days because honestly i I don't know how much longer they can ride this when you know just it continues to not work and you know playing him as a fourth line winger in the nhl getting seven minutes a game just it's not working and when he has a coursey at one point of 16 you know it's 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 pretty ugly. That I I think it's only a matter of time before they send him down. Yeah, and it's they like said if the Emmerichs were struggling, it would be you you know hear more of an uproar from Rochester about you know why isn't he set down? Why is he just still sitting? Um, you know I I don't know if you know if there's been talks about hey you, you can't imagine they'd want him you know anybody in Rochester as far as the coaching staff goes wouldn't want him to play but right and, you know even. Yeah, it's baffling. It it really is, and it can't be helping his development in any way. So, like you said, we'll 
probably see next week where this goes. And I guess the way they talk, they will be having the same conversation again. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the Amherst have a three game stretch this week where they play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all on the road, Springfield, Providence and Hartford. Uh, so they go into the weekend with a four point lead in the division, 21 points, Cleveland, who they beat sits right now at 17 points. So what is this weekend hold, man? I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know a lot about Springville, Providence and Hartford, but, uh, you know, how does the weekend look here for the Amherst? Yeah, looking at the standings, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of tough in the HL, um, you know, to really know every other team. Um, but in the American League, anybody can win at any game, any time. So it's, you know, they always go into the games. You know, you're not just because you're going to play a last place team. You know, example, Syracuse on Friday night, last place in the North Division, and they went into overtime against them. So, you know, anything can happen in this league. Um, you know, Road trip is always good for the team. You know, last year the Amherst were one of the best road teams in the league. Um, you know, it gives guys a chance to hang out and, as they say, play a simple game, get to know each other, bond. And, right. you know, the good thing is all those games are pretty close. So it's not like they're busting, you know, five, six hours between yeah. cities. So just like, uh, you know, we said going into these last two games, it's expect to win. You know, anytime there's a three and three, it's that Sunday game is in the American League is just a drag and often boring to watch. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, you know, I can't imagine being, you know, those guys playing essentially three games in two days is how it works out when you look at the time, you know, games are played. Right. But, correct. Yep. You know, come away with four or six points, successful weekend, and, you know, come away with six, you know, three wins and six points, and it's a perfect weekend. So, this point that's what we're hoping for and you know anything is possible and the way this team has been playing um you know they should be a healthy team by friday uh you know everybody has started skating that was out you know i mentioned before olsen was practicing skating with the trainers uh Gooley looked like he kicked his illness to the curb so yeah they're going to be a healthy team they're going to have a lot of players to go battle for spots and you know with bailey flying elander playing well malone in the lineup yeah, there's no reason they shouldn't come out with six points. So the last question, as usual, Sabres need a call-up injury whatsoever. Give me your one defenseman and give me your one forward. Again, defenseman is kind of boring conversation because it's it's going to be pilot. pilot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just everything he does is just is just great to see, and there's there's no doubt that he's the number one. And knock on wood, it's you know everybody is healthy and he's still doing well, and there's you know, it, I think we touched on it before. You have to wonder, is that, you know, the vision of pilot, is he, is that coming out of the Sabres? These guys notice, hey, there's somebody down there ready to take my place if right. outside of injury, if I don't perform. So, yeah, he's doing well. Uh, as far as forward goes, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to kind of the most consistent player so far, CJ Smith. Guy is just battled hard every shift and just all around a solid player. And obviously, depending on if there's a certain position needed, that could change. but. You know, you just go based on who's performing, who's consistent. You have to go with CJ Smith. Very, very good. So, again, that is Keith Wozniak. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Let's Go Amrix and Let's Go Amrix.com for all of your Amrix coverage of a busy three game weekend. Uh, the Sabres are pretty busy themselves here with a Tuesday and then I believe it's a Thursday, Saturday this week with Tampa Bay, Winnipeg in minnesota so a tough schedule here for the sabers this week so we'll see how 
things go for both hockey clubs. Keith, man, I appreciate you taking the time. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll talk next week. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good one, Chad. Well, yeah, we'll talk again, and you know, if we have a uh, lot to talk about after three games on the road. I am a real American. Fight for.